We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your Thursday, June 8th edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to be joined by Andrew Spade in just a moment. I want to talk to you real quick about what's going on at the OBR, though, before we get into today's content, because there is actually something very important going on uh, over at the website where we are doing a, a unique promotion right now, a minicamp special where you can get 60% off of a subscription, uh, an annual membership that's to join us uh, for the year, right? So you get asked the insiders, you get access to that where you can have your own discussion questions answered on a regular basis. You get the film studies that I present that are only for subscribers. You get cap analysis from Jack Duffin that I think is pretty unique. And you also get free Paramount Plus as a part of your subscription. So if you have somebody like myself at home, our kiddo loves all the stuff, including Paw Patrol. He lives on Paw Patrol at times. That's a part of Paramount Plus. It's a great deal. So if you crave Cleveland Browns content and you have a young one at home, or if you're an adult who just loves movies, they have fantastic selection of movies getting that as a part of your annual subscription it makes all the sense in the world if you're already paying for paramount you might as well unlock some browns content and banter that you don't already get so take advantage of that 60 percent off mini camp special that we have rolling right now so uh listen we're going to switch over now bring in andrew spade andrew obligatory question what's up how's life i know it's been a little bit since we've chatted so i wanted to uh catch up on the whirlwind man you getting settled into the move and all that fun stuff yeah, I am. It's uh, it's it's good to kind of have some of that stuff in the rearview mirror. Feeling great about where the summer's at. Gonna get a little, little time at the beach this weekend. Uh, so yeah, doing well, Jake. Thanks for asking, and um, you know, uh, just happy to be here and happy to just you know, it's June. Let's talk about the Browns. This is exactly what we should be doing. It's June. <laughs> Let's talk Cleveland Browns football. Well. I will say, I think you guys probably aren't getting hit by any of it yet, but we are getting kind of crushed in Ohio, and I know it's awful uh, uh, farther east or toward New York, but the Canadian wildfire stuff is yeah. bringing some real uh, real situation where it's sunny outside, but it, it looks gloomy. It's kind of weird. So hopefully you don't get struck by that all too soon down there. I don't know what the the path of uh, travel here will be for the smoke or how long this is going to linger. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, educated on the subject, but it's kind of ugly, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed on that one. I I don't, you know, I, I don't think it'll ever be, we're, we're far enough away down here in North Carolina. I don't think it'll ever be too bad, but it's been hazy the last few days, definitely. And so, um, weird, weird to think about stuff that's happening in Quebec affecting me directly, but, uh, that's, that's the world we're living in. And, uh, you know, like I said, fingers crossed for my beach vacation, but also, you know, thoughts to, I mean, I, I know it's really, really bad in the Northeast. So thoughts to folks. And then obviously there are people, I, I know it's not the most populated area in the world, but but thoughts to anybody that's affected by the actual fires that are burning. Yeah, they're pretty gnarly and there's no real end in sight in terms of natural help because of the lack of rain. So yep. um, yeah, we'll have to yep. just see how that goes. But the air quality stuff, especially over in New York City is is awful it's, it's jarring it's like some it's of really the, scary stuff some of the yeah it is some of the worst you can see so um yeah off of the the mother nature catastrophe let's let's switch over and open this podcast real quickly before we get to the main subject it appears literally seconds before we started recording here that 
we got some sort of actual news on DeAndre Hopkins, not any sort of finality to a situation that I fear is going to linger way longer than I want it to linger. But there is a visit coming up for DeAndre Hopkins with the Tennessee Titans. So uh, I think a name that I had seen floated out there a little bit, uh, noticed that the Titans could be somebody interested in him. They certainly have a wide receiver room that is severely lacking. I don't have the exact depth chart in front of me, but ever since they moved on from uh, A.J. Brown, and I know they drafted Traylon Burke, so there is that young up-and-coming prospect, but not a, not exactly a deep wide receiver room. So not at all a surprise in terms of a team that I think would have some money to spend on him, Andrew, and a need to to you know have a player of his caliber out there. I'll give to you some names here. Are you ready for this? This is fun. Uh, Traylon Burks, obviously very uneven, more on the poor side of his rookie year last year, did not have a great year. Uh, Nick Westbrook, uh, I, I know I've seen Akeen, Akeen? Akina. Akina. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for stepping in there. Well done. Yeah. Um, I've seen him before. He's not, he's not, he's not a bad young player. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Kyle Phillips out of UCLA, who I liked. Yeah. You loved uh, but him was last hurt year. Last, he was hurt a lot, large portion of last season. Then it is, um, a yeah, list of names that I think I, I could say any name and you'd believe me. Racy yep. McMath. You think that's a real name? <laughs> Racy McMath. Yeah. Everything, everything below the front line is all Madden creative player yeah. names. Colton Dowell, Chris Moore. I've heard of Chris Moore, but Jacob Copeland, Reggie Roberson, Mason Kinsey. Yeah, they need DeAndre Hopkins. They could mm-hmm. use a player like yeah. that. So yeah. from the Titan side, makes sense. Yeah. Hopkins side, I think it tells us a little bit about his motivations, right? Yeah, I think so. It's, I mean, you know, I think it's disappointing, right? Um, from from the Browns' perspective, you know, you kind of the the dream was that his first stop, you know, would be Cleveland, and he would kind of realize this is where he needs to be and stuff like that. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I I don't think it's too terribly surprising. He would absolutely lead the Titans in targets by a mile and a half uh, over mm-hmm. any of those players. Um, and, you know, obviously they've got Tannehill, but then they drafted Will Levis in the second round. So they, you know, they, they have quarterbacks, uh, and, and they definitely don't want to like bring a rookie quarterback into a situation where the cupboard is that bare. Um, but, you know, speaking to the cap piece, it's interesting that the, according to over the cap, the Titans have just a little bit under 8 million in cap space. So actually as of now, less than the Browns, um, which, you know, I, for the Titans to be in that sort of cap situation with the talent on their roster is, I mean, that's why John Robinson got fired, I guess. Right. That, that sums it up. It would uh, make sense. Yeah. I mean, like Tannehill's got a huge number this year. He's, he's at 36 and a half, uh, is by, by far their biggest number. Um, you know, and then everybody else that's at the top of the list are all, uh, defensive players other than Derrick Henry. So, you know, it's a, it's a team that's built really one-sided. Their defense is, is good to great. And their offense is, I, I would say, even if they got Hopkins, would struggle to be average probably by DVOA. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one for 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 Hopkins to to be going to. I noticed in in the tweet about it, you know, uh, Tom Pelissero talks about Vrabel having been with Hopkins in Houston. So I guess you know they're trying to sell that as part of the connection. But hard not to think from Hopkins' perspective, this is just about the t- Titans being desperate and being willing to pay more than anybody else might be. Yeah, I can't think of many places I'd want to go less as a like an older receiver who's not won a Super Bowl, right? I don't think this is a situation that uh, I it would be feeling great about where the team is going per se. For sure, uh, an aging quarterback, uh, an unknown second round quarterback behind that, an aging Derrick Henry. Most of the stars of the Titans are pretty old at this point, so. Yep. Uh, again, it's a two-year window. It's it it feels driven by money to me. It's certainly not as strong a situation for him as Cleveland is. Uh, it, it's going to be a matter of what they can pay him. I would imagine that he will take many visits. I, I think Cleveland might yeah. be one of those visits. Uh, I think that people are going to jump to the conclusion automatically that he's going to sign with the Titans. I have seen some overreaction on social media right away. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I and again for Tennessee, I don't I don't. I don't really see how he makes a big difference, um, you know, for them based yeah. on who he is right now. But uh, I don't know. It, it's a bit of a weird situation there. But uh, again, yeah. they have a need, mm-hmm. which is important to uh, kind of remember, too. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say, you know, the 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 fit from the Tennessee standpoint, the, the reason why you would do it is to prevent 
Will Levis, if, if they're going to try and play Will Levis this year at some point, if, if they know Tannehill, this is his last year, and they're going to try and work Will Levis in at some point, you don't want him throwing to the names you read off before. You want somebody yeah. that, that knows where to be, is reliable, great hands, and kind of can be the security blanket for a young quarterback. And and so it makes sense from that perspective to me, if, if they're really expecting Will Levis to kind of step into that role at some point this year, you know, the, 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 the real issue in Tennessee is the offensive line, right? They signed Andre Dillard to be the left tackle uh, who, you know, he's never really started in the NFL. Um, they drafted Peter Skaronsky in the first round. He's going to, you know, uh, probably start at guard, I guess. Uh, and I mean, and then, you know, the other three names are, I mean, Folks in Ohio will know Nicholas Petit Frere because he played at, at Ohio State, but it's a it's a who you know kind of a uh, who who's that guy or name that you know uh, edge of the roster player at at the rest of the offensive line positions and um, you know that with a young quarterback is I, I you know in my mind is always more important to fix than the wide receiver. So if I was a Titans fan, uh, I would be rooting for them to you know it's harder to fix the offensive line, but that would be the way I would be hoping they would spend the rest of this cap money, not on you know, a, a wide receiver who is, there's no way Hopkins is there the next time the Titans are, you know, win, leading their division or, or, uh, you know, uh, but you know, last year they were, they were out front <laughs> of they everybody were. for the first half of the season. Then it all fell apart. So I, I shouldn't speak too soon. I have a ton of respect for Mike Rabel. Um, and you know, Likewise. so you never know, I guess, but, but it feels to me like the wrong player at the wrong time for them from Hopkins perspective, you know, as you were, as you were talking about him taking multiple visits, it does make sense to go someplace like Tennessee first if you don't plan to sign there with the idea that that would potentially, you know, you can point to that as, you know, well, Tennessee loves me. They brought me in and and maybe that improves your negotiating position with the team that you really want to sign with, which, you know, I, I don't know that that's the Browns even the Browns used, necessarily. Yeah, the Browns have been used in that exact way many exactly. times, right? Exactly. That's, yeah, so that's what I had in mind was that the Browns oftentimes would be the first visit and it's like, don't let them leave. And then they go someplace else like clockwork. And- yeah, they end up signing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have much other. I think we kind of covered it. I, I don't really. It's. <laughs> I kind of feel this way about Tennessee in general. They're just. They're such an unmoving franchise. Like they're just yeah. sort of. They're just weird, right? They're. Mm-hmm. They're never really that serious for a Super Bowl, but they've put together a great coach, and they've put together some situation stuff where. They got a lot out of Ryan Tannehill and they run the football really well. And they have a style about them. I, I just, um, you know, I don't know. I'm unmoved. And I, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins would be best for a place where he can be a consequential role player, if that yep. makes sense. If he's going somewhere to be fed 140 targets, I just don't yeah. think that's going to move the needle well in any direction. It feels a lot like for Tennessee, uh, minus trading for the player, what they did with, um, Julio Jones a few years right. back. Great point. Uh, in a similar a similar way where Julio Jones was pretty disappointing for them. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't and I see a lot of I co- I follow some people uh, cover the Titans and there's kind of a similar sentiment there. So um you know but again whoever offers them the most money that's the one thing we don't know on the back channel of all this stuff is who's offering money? Who's offering money that matters, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we'll leave it at that. We'll see. We'll keep you uh, uh, every step of the way for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> We're going to keep yeah. you in the loop. No, as, and I, uh, I mean, we heard yeah, yesterday. I, I, I said on the OBR show this week that uh, with with Mike Keefe that this feels like Jadevian Clowney last year where we're talking about it for two months and then it, and then it happens, you know. So, like, you know, uh, I think it was Jeremy Fowler said that, that Hopkins' deadline is probably training camp, and, you know, that's six weeks from now. So, I, I yeah I I kind of agree with you that I think this is going to really unravel over the course of the entire summer, which you know is good. You know the NFL feeds on you know this sort of content, um, so you know something for folks to talk about uh, in the off season. But I, yeah, I, I kind of that's how I feel about it is that it's going to just keep kind of just you know lingering for the next uh, four six weeks, something like that. Hope to be wrong, but that's what it feels like. It is what it feels like, and uh, people are picking a hard stance on this thing um, for for you know whether they want the Browns to sign him or not. I continue to see it from both sides as I normally do. Try to provide some perspective on why they wouldn't would not sign him, and we'll see. You don't want to speak in certainties, and then all of a sudden he's got some visit to the Browns, and it ends up working itself out that way. So 
Uh, we'll leave it at that. We're going to leave DeAndre Hopkins to enjoy his time in Tennessee to uh, do whatever it is that they do for him. And perhaps he could even sign there. You never know. Could be sooner than you think. We're going to take a break and then we are going to do an exercise of trying to sort of rank the Browns and the AFC North while simultaneously creating a depth chart. Sounds a little weird, but we'll get to the uh, nuts and bolts of this operation right after a word from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I hit up Andrew and talked about, you know, whatever it is, trying to take an angle on ranking the Browns within the, the division, right? How many players do they have, say, in the top 40 of the AFC North, right? It's a way to kind of gauge where the roster sits compared to their peers, because winning the division is what matters first and foremost. Then it, then it goes from there and the division's really good. And uh, I want to see just how good the Browns are in terms of fitting into that. And with that, I would say the best way to do it. And this was Andrew's suggestion would be to put together a depth chart, which would give us sort of 53 ish players to say, hey, the Browns had this many in the depth chart, so that's how many we think are in the top 53. Now, it's not an exact science the same way a top 53 is not an exact science, or sorry, top 50, because you're starting to like weigh positional values. So I think this is, as I thought long and hard about this, the best way to go about ranking these. So um, we're going to do two quarterbacks plus an extra, the new rule gives us an extra quarterback. So we'll say, our uh, emergency quarterback is going to be one of the backups. So we're not going to keep one of the regulars. We're going to do a backup. See what we did there. Three running backs because we plan to pass it a lot. Seven wide receivers. What's up? Four tight ends and then nine offensive linemen. So let's jump into this, Andrew, with our two quarterbacks. I think you start the division with Joe Burrow as the yep. first quarterback, and then you're sort Definitely. of arguing the second. So who would you rather have? Deshaun Watson, who's trending in the direction of, it seems like he's getting back, right? Spoken yeah. hot day the other day. 
Uh, seems like he's getting back to being in perhaps we don't know until we see him out there, but would you rather have Watson or would you rather have Lamar Jackson? Uh, I think just based on what they've done and the fact that if we're building an actual team, it would be super fun to build a package of plays for Lamar Jackson uh, to come in as a sort of uh, weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Burrow and Jackson in the same backfield would be would be crazy fun. Um, so I'm I'm taking Jackson, but uh, I'm open. I'm open to that changing. You know, we ranked the AFC North quarterbacks at the OBR a few weeks ago and. I really think this year is going to tell the tale because Jackson is going to get from all accounts, his best opportunity in a long time to, to probably in the, in his NFL career to really throw the ball with Todd Munkin mm-hmm. and the, the receivers they've added. Uh, and obviously Watson is in a, I mean, I think what well, you have to call it a make or break year, right? So um, th- this year will tell the tale in terms of, of how these quarterbacks stack up next to each other. I don't think there's a chance that either of them surpasses Burrow, unless I suppose if Joe had a really bad year, another season-ending injury. Not that I'm hoping for that at all, um, but but yeah, I, I think it's Jackson by by a few whiskers over Watson, just because of the uncertainty about how back Watson being back is going to be. I think it's fair. I think with Watson taking multiple years off, and then what we saw last year wasn't anywhere near we expect we could have a different opinion on this by mid-season right you know it could be be pretty soon but I think it's fair to say that Lamar through an MVP through uh you know being in the playoffs in a similar fashion I think you you'd have to go the direction of Lamar at this point now like you said if Watson is back to being who he used to be again that last year that we could say that he was that guy was 2020 so that's that's a long time it's a long time so we'll say uh, at this point, Lamar backs up Joe and then our backups around the division. So again, reminder of the backups around the division should go through that. Obviously the Browns, it remains to be seen. We should probably say Josh Dobbs for the time being. Yep. The Steelers obviously are Mitch Trubisky. You get, um, uh, you know, if you want a guy who's got some, he's got some league wide respect, Pro Bowl or Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. And then. I think the Bengals have now um, Trevor Simeon as their That's backup right. uh, as well. So from that group, I think I would probably end up saying Tyler Huntley. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yep. So Tyler Huntley is our third quarterback. We're not putting that position. That guy's not in our top 53. Just a reminder on that. So we're not ranking that guy ahead of some others that would probably deserve. So, uh, all right. There's our two quarterbacks. Three, uh, three running backs. You start with Nick. Starts and ends there. Um, I think the second running back is a little more open for interpretation. I would say I'd probably lean Najee Harris over Joe Mixon, but those two are your one and, uh, your two and three. Yep. I could be talked into JK Dobbins, but it doesn't feel like he's put together a year that matters yet. So would you argue those other two? Well, I, I, I mean, we didn't clarify this beforehand. I don't know that it matters that much, but um, if we're t- if we're taking contracts into account, then I'm definitely taking Dobbins, right? Because he's cheaper, still on his rookie deal. Um, Very and, fair, but we are Mick- ignoring contracts in their okay. entirety. Gotcha. Just well, like this year, player. <laughs> gotcha. Top okay. Fifty-three. Yeah. All right. Um, then I, I, I think I'd probably take Mixon. I think he's probably now a little underrated um, yeah. because the Bengals have not used him as much, but he's still so versatile, you yeah. know, his, his pass catching ability and weird know, off season too. Yeah. I don't, I, and I don't love Chubb or Harris as, as pass catchers. So like, you know, Mixon's definitely your third down back if that's your, if that's your three. So I think I'd take him over Dobbins in, in the, in the scenario where the contracts are, are wiped out. Okay. I like it. Now we get to the tricky one, which is kind of picking and ranking your wide receivers. So, right. all right, guys that are eligible, I think, for this list early on here. From the from the Baltimore side, boy, it's tricky. I mean, like Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers are first-round guys, but they have not performed. Obviously, Zay is a rookie, and then Rashad has, has had f- some flashes, but not quite, obviously, as effective as you would have hoped he'd be at this point yep. uh, in his career. Pittsburgh has Deontay Johnson. And then George Pickens had a nice rookie season. I think we're going to be safely out on um, Allen Robinson. 
Sorry, <laughs> Allen Robinson. I would say those are your two Pittsburgh nominees. The Browns nominees also a little bit tricky because yep. I think we have higher hopes for Elijah Moore than we do Donovan Peoples Jones, but yep. Elijah Moore has not really put together anything that matters in the NFL yet. Right. So it's Amari Cooper and probably DPJ. And then like the seventh guy, you're starting to get into some interesting waters. But yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, I think is one and two. I, I don't think you can argue that Jamar. And I agree. One and two. I agree. In the division. So those yep. two start it. Then I think we go Amari is like, you could have an Amari and T Higgins debate, I think could be interesting. Yeah. But I think that those are the top two. And then that Amari is the third. And then it comes to your fourth. Do you prefer, Odell Beckham, do you prefer Deontay Johnson? Johnson's put together yeah. some some better seasons, obviously. I, I know everybody gets hung up on drops, right? Like people love to beat players up for drops. Mm-hmm. And he definitely had a, a bad case of them, but he's a really good player, Deontay Johnson. And so that would be he he would be to me a, a no question fourth. And I actually think he I, I'm not down on Amari Cooper. I, I really like Amari Cooper as a player, but um I I really I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson, so I think those are to me a pretty close three and four. It's a really good separator. Has always yeah. been uh, very yeah. adept at that. So, all right, so yeah, that's your four. Then you're looking at like guys that would be nominated for this range would be Odell. Yeah, um, you would say. Uh, I mean, I guess you could put Donovan Peoples Jones, but it's like DPJ nah. and George Pickens. Yeah, and and definitely taking yeah, definitely one Tyler Boyd. Tyler yeah, Boyd's I, still in that mold too. Yeah, I think Beckham think? is probably five in my mind, um, just because okay. I, you know, I, I, I think he's going to come back. I, I mean, I, I know he's been hurt a lot, but I think he's wired to be a competitor and I think he's going to show up this year. So so I would take him five and then six. It's I, I think Tyler Boyd certainly has got more, you know, production in the league than either Pickens or Moore, which would be the other choices there. So. I think Boyd is six and a really good slot receiver too, right? So that matters. Um, and then seven, you're really deciding. In my mind, you're deciding between Elijah Moore and George Pickens. DPJ is out of that mix for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I mean, I in my in 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 my considerations, I just don't I don't see him as as having the same sort of upside as either of those two players in terms of explosiveness and and big playability and that stuff. I think. You know, I may be a little too low on on DPJ, but but no, I don't think he's in the conversation really. What do you think? Okay, so no, I think it's it's interesting. A lot of what DPJ is is opportunity driven. Uh, he's yeah. probably going to be a guy that is just slept on a little bit too much. Um, and we look back on him, we should have been high. But I I remain thinking to myself like, you know, I like Donovan. I like having him as a part of your wide receiver room. But again, like, what does he excel at? I, right. I, I, like he he is. He's not a jump ball maestro. Like he can't continuously win those. I don't have as much confidence in him doing that as I do say again, this is prevalent, but DeAndre Hopkins, like I don't have that kind of confidence in him. He catches the ball extremely well. I think he's just like, (laughs) this is going to sound really weird, but I think if you drew up, like what is the average wide receiver look like in the NFL? Like, what does that look like? I think he'd be up there for consideration of guy that like looks like the most average Wide receiver, now you can do a whole hell of a lot worse than him, but you're also s- kind of constantly seeking out something better, right? He's that's like, exactly right. Is he is he like the Kirk Cousins of uh or or Tannehill was we just yeah. talked about like yeah, those types I, of quarterbacks where he's he, you can do so much worse, mm-hmm. but you're always kind of wanting to do a little bit better. Like yep. you you know I, I kind of feel like that's hitting the nail on the head, and it's hard to say that that player is a top whatever seven guy in the division unless the division is bad so i would go pickens i i would i think he is yeah um i think he was dealing with a pretty rough quarterback situation there last year mm-hmm. and still put up some really strong rookie numbers made some unbelievable sideline based contested catches and i think we'd be tickled if we had him like we would be really yeah. excited to have him as a part of the organization so um as far as the player on the field. So, yeah, I think that that feels pretty safe to me to say he's the seventh guy and the Browns bottom two there between uh, Moore and, and DPJ are kind of just on the outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the, I, I, everything you said about Pickens is spot on. Um, you know, I, I still can't get out of my head the, the, uh, 
you know, so, sort of the rumors that were floating around about him before the draft and, and what a bad Agreed. person he seems to be, which um, I, I know that the Browns are certainly in no place to, to, you know, cast aspersions on other people's character. And, and Mike Tomlin has made his entire career out of getting, you know, getting those guys to kind of toe the line in Pittsburgh. But uh, I, I mean, I agree with, with, you know, just a phenomenal uh, player uh, last year for the Steelers and, and shows sort of the promise of being a real game breaking player. Uh, you know, player uh, for them at wide receiver. I, you know, the thing about Moore is just the versatility, right? I mean, and I think mm-hmm. I may be riding a little bit high after the mini camp uh, footage, but like, you know, some of that out of the backfield stuff and that, you know, the inside outside versatility, uh, it, it just, it it's a little intriguing. If we're talking about building a roster, having that sort of versatility in a depth position is, is interesting. So that's, but I, I think I agree with you. It's if, if it's t- comes down to Pickens or more, I'm taking Pickens. And I would just say then that like, I, we know that the Bengals are loaded with three of their wide receivers on this, on this list. And the Steelers have two, the Ravens only get one, but so do the Browns. And so I think, you know, we talked about Hopkins before the break. I'm not, you know, <laughs> going to try and beat this horse too much more, but just like, I think it does kind of speak to like the Browns like their wide receiver room. And I think the fans are pretty feeling pretty good about it, but we are not in, uh, we don't need Deandre Hopkins territory with this roster. Like uh, Hopkins is making this list. And uh, I don't think Donovan Peoples Jones or Elijah Moore do. And I think that really kind of sums it up. Fair. I think that's fair. I also think that we could, you know, if I'm basing, I think Elijah Moore is really good. I, I mean, and I, I said that I thought I would have been fine back in the day with the Browns selecting him in the first round. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I really liked him. And I think that there is a really good football player in there that was put in all the wrong places with New York pretty continuously. And I think that there is a lot of excitement around. You're talking about, uh, you know, the versatility and I, I totally agree. And there's ways that they can unlock him and use him. But as far as just like, I'm into the, you know, the different ways to use him and being creative and stuff like that. But, like that guy's just a pretty good traditional receiver too. Right. So, but again, right. I'm saying I'm uh, respecting that he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't put right. it together. And like, mm-hmm. I think we could get some pushback on the fact that, you know, Odell hasn't, uh, um, you know, Odell hasn't really done it either recently. It's been a couple years since he's been peak powers coming off ACL. So I think we could get some pushback there, but uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it'd be so crazy to, to slide Odell down a couple spots, but I would certainly feel more comfortable with Odell than uh, some of the others in terms of if you're just getting that player that was here just a couple years ago. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, I just where we're coming from, I think that based on some of the things I'm saying about proving it, you know, Odell's got to prove that he can be the guy again. And, uh, you know, coming off the second ACL, that's, there's a lot there, a lot of baggage. So, definitely. um, anyway, keep, keeping it moving. Uh, we're not going to move anyone around there Four tight ends. Uh, the Browns uh, boast Njoku, who I think is uh, right at the top uh, of this list. You know, it's Mark Andrews and Njoku to me. Yep. yep. Um, Cincinnati brought in Irv Smith on the cheap deal and didn't feel inclined to draft a guy. So they didn't draft a guy. Pittsburgh is Fryermuth. So I would say your three are obviously going to be Andrews, David Njoku, uh, Pat Fryermuth. And then you're looking at like the fourth. So your candidates for that fourth tight end. Um, are a little tricky, right? You could say mm-hmm. Irv Smith, but he's been disappointing. Yep. Isaiah Likely is a youngster that has a really nice set of uh, rookie performances. I thought he was good at really good at times. So he's somebody you could you could uh, be interested in for that fourth role. Like I think there's just a lot. Like Irv Smith, Likely's fun. Um, you know, the Browns now have Jordan Aikens, who I think is still even despite being in his 30s, a, a fun football player. Had some nice tape last year. Yep. Excited to see his versatility. And then Pittsburgh obviously drafted um, uh, the big fella, Washington. Oh, Can sure. I remember yeah. Darnell his name at yeah. Darnell Washington. So yeah. um, I, I'm going to leave this one to you, who you think is the best of that of that group and, and, and uh, see if we can assign it. I mean, I hate to do it because I don't I, I hate the Ravens, but I'll, I'll I would take likely. I think he really showed a lot last year. And then if I, I remember correctly, I think he was hurt down the stretch last year. Um, but, uh, I, I really liked what I saw just like a contested catch, you know, kind of, uh, really kind of receiver type skills at the position, but in a very big body. So I, that, that would be my fourth pick as a guy that, you know, is, is, is very, pretty versatile. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you could make the case for like somebody like Darnell Washington as a, as a sort of 
or or Jordan Akins for that matter is a sort of more pure blocking, you know, big body blocking tight end. But I, give me the fun guy. I'll, get, I'll take Likely. I think that's pretty fair too for for putting it on tape and uh, right. yeah, um, you know, when he got the opportunity to do it. So um, you know, I, I mean, you could go, you could not go wrong with a lot of these. Irv Smith could have a really nice season, uh, you know, getting a lot of the same way Hayden Hurst did for uh, Cincinnati last year. So that's entirely possible. But uh, yeah, I think that that fourth tenant is very much open to interpretation. We'll put it that way. Um, all right, now offensive line. So the Browns are going to be heavy in this one. and, and <laughs> They should be, right? They should be. <laughs> so I think you're obviously going to take Teller, Batonio, and Posage. Uh, Posage played really, really well last year. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, let me be careful with that. Linderbaum is actually a guy that you might take over Postage. Postage had actually one of the yeah. some better grades, but Linderbaum, yeah. a first-round guy. I mean, again, we're talking about just ranking them this year. Yeah, I would probably say Postage is a little bit ahead of him just this year. Yeah. Right. But um, you're keeping to it almost like looking at keeping it to every position. Yeah. You're inclined to keep both of those guys. So, like, those are your two centers. Right. You know, Pittsburgh is slated to start. Uh, Mason Cole at center, who's turned into a decent player, but is not even in the same realm. And then Ted Karras is uh, slated to start for Cincinnati at center. And again, not really in the same realm. So those are two centers. I mean, guards are a little trickier, but I think the Browns have a leg up on both those guys. You could argue Teller and maybe like Ben Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore has two guys that you could kind of argue here. Ben Cleveland and Kevin Zeitler, former Brown. Um, Cincinnati at guard. You know, you're looking at uh, Cordell Volson and Alex Kappa. Those two don't really ring out to me as better than Teller nope. or Batonio. Nope. And then Pittsburgh is at guard. Isaac Simalu, who's fine, but is constantly battled injuries. And then James Daniels. So I think you're fine there. I think maybe you would keep a third guard. You would probably keep Zeitler, maybe, um, of that group of names. Is there any one that stood out to you for a third guard that you would keep, sort of that backup interior guy? Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably Zeitler. Um, you know, because I think there's also like the seemingly yearly Wyatt Teller injury. So Zeitler's probably going to play a few games, um, when Wyatt gets bit banged up. And so, um, you know, him having Zeitler being a right guard primarily at this point in his career, you know, kind of plug, plug him in for, you know, weeks 11 through 15 or whatever. Got it. Uh, Yeah. I think that's the three. I I do like Ben Cleveland. I, I do think it's, I mean, to your point, I think it's the four guards from the Ravens and Browns are the four best guards in the league or in yeah, the, there's, not in the league in the, in the division. Certainly in this division. They, yeah, they yeah. are up there in the league though. They are. Sure. It's a, it's yeah. Really good. Yeah. So looking at tackle now, so we have five offensive linemen. We need four more. So tackles, this is a tricky one because you yeah. start with Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley is very talented, but has been beat up so much. Yeah. So you like Ronnie Stanley, obviously I think from Cincinnati's perspective, you're keeping, uh, you're keeping Jonah Williams off the list, but you're keeping Orlando Brown. Yep. So Orlando Brown feels like a lock. Um, tackle is kind of tricky here. Um, yep. You probably keep Stanley, considering that he comes back and plays this year. I th- I think he played some last year, started to play some, you know, uh, get back to some normal uh, structure for him. But you should keep Stanley. You would keep uh, Orlando Brown. Uh, at yep. that point, that's that's your set your seven. So you need two more. I mean, Pittsburgh drafted Broderick Jones in the first round. That's all fine and dandy, but we don't know enough about him. And then Chuck's a core for the other one. I think you might have to keep Conklin and Wills. I, I, re- you I think really so? do. I think he, I th- I think Wills is your ninth offensive lineman, but I think mm. Conklin had a pretty good bounce back year last year when he played. Um, and he, you know, he's pretty healthy last year. So, uh, I think Jack is, is still on that list and, uh, it's tackles a little weaker than you would think in this division. Yeah. So I'm open to you arguing and wanting to keep somebody else, but like the pickings are kind of slim here, man. It, yeah. A tackle when you get past the first few. Yeah. I think left tackle, you're right. It's, it's Orlando Brown and then, and then Ronnie Stanley. And then I think at right tackle, I think you're starting Jack Conklin, but I think I would keep. I think I would take Morgan Moses over Jed Wills. Uh, I don't know know. how Morgan Moses has played recently, so I don't, I don't know for sure. um, My my impression is that he has been sort of reliable veteran level, you know, um, which is more than what we've seen out of Jed Wills, unfortunately. So 
Okay. Um, if, if we're doing a one year exercise and I'm just trying to make it through 17 games, I want the guy that, you know, if, if Conklin gets hurt, can plug in and I'm not having nightmares about him switching off for a few plays a game. Um, so it, it's really as simple as that. And I, I, you know, I do think, I mean, it's, it is at the OBR, you know, we're, we're, we're doing tackles this week. It's tackle week. Um, and just, you know, thinking about that position this week and, and where the Browns are at, uh, I, I know that in the league overall, offensive tackle is about the hardest position to, to solve, really like solve, solve. And we've been spoiled. You know, Joe Thomas is going to the Hall of Fame in, in, a, in a month or so. And, you know, we've really been spoiled for, you know, having that position solved for such a long time. But the amount of money, I, you know, Wills is not getting paid that much. The amount of money they gave to Conklin for where he's at in his career arc and his health um, and then just, just the fact that you kind of had to pay Wills and give him the fifth year option, even though you don't really like much of what you've seen from him over the past two years, I kind of it, I, like, it's one of those things where if you just, you look at it and you're like, well, they don't have any holes, so it's okay. But then you kind of just think about the position that they're in. It, it makes me uneasy, man. It really makes me uneasy because Jack Conklin is, is he has, enough guarantees in his contract that he is for sure on this roster this year and next year. You know, he's not, he's not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, just with the lack of a first round draft pick again, next, next off season, how they solve this tackle position and transition from Wills and Conklin to whomever comes after that, I think it's going to be really a, a challenge for them. I really do, because I don't think that either of those guys is like a long-term solution. Uh, I think they, they think they can get two more years out of Conklin and they're hoping they can get two more years out of Wills, and then I—it's anybody's guess what it looks like in 2025, man. It's it—I don't like the position that they're in. Yeah, all the opportunity in the world's still there for Jed uh, to figure it out, right? They're—they're they're hoping, praying, really yeah. praying that he can yeah. do that. Yeah, Jack is on the downslope of his career. I think both sides know that. Then it's uh, to your point, just sort of figuring out if uh, it was a huge selection there the way they did with Dewan Jones. I mean, it's the home run of all home runs here, Andrew, is that, that Jed figures it out, finds a level of consistency that we know is there. The ability to do it is there. Yes. Right? So you're not, yep. you, you know, the, the side of like hoping a guy who's bad can be, like we know Jed can be good. So yep. you know, there's a real hope that that can work and manifest itself. And then you know, the way that this gets solved and like I can't believe they got this break is that, is that Dewan turns into your right tackle, which again, right. another guy who we know has enough talent to do it. I, I think he can do it. It's just now they're like yeah. trying to get the most out of two guys yep, right. who yep. are not. It's so weird. They're not guys who are physically incapable because so often it feels like you do run into that. Well, this guy's really has everything we need and want, but he's just incapable and yep. it doesn't feel like that's the situation here. So I don't know how they're going to tap into unlocking the best of these guys. It, it's it's like if they haven't done it with Jed so far, I'm a little nervous if that's ever going to come. But agreed. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm with you though. It is it is a bit of a they need to find solutions, right? They found Conklin on the free agent market, so maybe they're yep. able at some point to recreate some free agency success at one of the tackle positions. But the lack of a first round pick next year does does leave you uneasy about it because second round tackles are yeah. <laughs> Talk about dart yep. throws. So yeah, and uh, I, I think part of it is is just where the some of the other tackles that that went in that same range as Will's, you know. And I know like it's so easy to do the you know uh, they drafted the wrong guy stuff. And I'm not you know I'm not trying to say. I mean hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand that, but you you do kind of look at you know the success that Andrew Thomas and I know he went before Jed, but still like the success that Andrew Thomas has had in New York and how good he looks now. Uh, after a really rough start and then you know obviously the player that Tristan Wirfs is and he's making that switch this year from right to left tackle I think that'll be really interesting to follow um, but just you know just the the unbelievable success that he's had early in his career and it just kind of makes you just I you know it makes me just a little bit like you know to your point if it, if it feels like if it was going to happen it would have happened I mean obviously I think this year is is make or break because I think there's a really good chance that to avoid being in a situation where they lose both their starting tackles in two years, they try and fix the Jed Wills situation next off season and trade him, you know, to somebody else on his fifth year option, uh, but try and 
try and bring somebody else in. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how possible that is. I, I don't know what next year's free agent class looks like or, or where else they would be able to find that. They're certainly not going to be able to, to be hunting at the top of the market, I don't think, with their cap issues. So it would have to be sort of a, you know, league average type guy, sort of like, you know, who Morgan Moses is for the, for the Ravens now. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. And, um, you know, I think you, you, you try not to like, it's this, we're talking about 2023 in this exercise. We're also obviously, you know, looking at 2023 as, as people that cover the Browns are excited about the Browns season. So it's, it feels a little bit like unnecessary to really dig into what it's going to look like in 2025. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just, it's of the, of the positions on the field, other than the obvious things you can say about the quarterback, I really just don't love the, the, the offensive line situation. I'm, I'm more sanguine about the interior, but the tackles, especially it just, I, I, I see, I see the potential for it to go really wrong as early as this season, just between the health of Conklin and, and Jed Wills. It's dangerous. They're walking a dangerous line. It's a high paid group, right? And like, you know, how long is Joel going to keep playing, right? How long is, Yep. Can Teller get back to the level that they paid him thinking he was at? Exactly. That's that's paramount. Yep. Um there there's a lot of there's, they a, paid there's postage another when we didn't think they would, you know, which is another one. Which probably tells you something. Yeah. Leave it at that. No, uh, their I agree. decision to pay him tells you something about maybe the future of people around him uh, yep. in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, like I, I said this being Betonio's last season, I think that that's definitely like in the realm of possibility. I, he is so he's hard to pin down. He's yeah. he's a guy that I would have thought would have been done maybe before now. That is like yep. Yep. still just he's so consistent. He's not yeah. he's gotten better. It's so no, weird. he has. He has. It's yep. so weird. This yep. is a good conversation point that we can hit on at another another time. But, yeah, uh, but our nine offensive <laughs> No, this is good because there's an angle here for like you know, guys that are who has like the most balance like at play yeah. this year? Like, yeah. like there's an angle there. So yep. um your nine offensive linemen, so Linderbaum and Posage uh, at center. Your guards at the top of the line, in, in my opinion, are Teller and still Teller and Betonio. But there's obviously clear competition for that in Baltimore between, um, you know, Zeitler and, and Ben Cleveland. And then uh, you're looking around the division uh, at your at your tackles. We decided to keep Zeitler for this season. Your tackles, Morgan Moses has been a little better than I thought he has been recently, so he certainly deserves to be in there, the group with Ronnie Stanley, and we decided to put Jack Conklin in that group, obviously Orlando Brown, so that creates, um, where are we at there? So that's six uh, That's six total uh, between those two, and then your two interior guys who were maybe one short. I think we said, so at Conklin, so we did, no, no, we did four tackles, three guards, and two centers. So yeah, you got there it, it is. Yeah. Formally for you, our offensive depth <laughs> chart. So, how many Browns do we pick? We pick two, two guards. We picked a yeah. tackle, so that's three. We picked a tight end, that's four. Cooper. Uh, we did not pick Akins as our second tight end. Wide receiver, we only picked one. Yep. So that's five, and then uh, a running back is one. That is six, and that's what we picked. So, of how many do we pick total? So, uh, five. 25. 25 total we gave uh six of those so um li- maybe a little lower than i think some people would would uh would put that number what do you yeah. think yeah no i agree with that and i i i i think it's the it's the thing that has happened to the browns the last few years where the 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 team is just so improved from where it was and obviously in the 0 and 16 season but even into like 2018 and 2019 in terms of overall talent level that then the assumption is, well, they must be one of the most talented teams in the league, but then you stack up their skill level against some of the other teams, even in the division. And, you know, uh, it's just not as talented as maybe you want to think it is. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, negative. I, I still think that it's all in front of them. I mean, as I, as we said, when we were talking about it, Deshaun Watson gets back to himself. He is the number two quarterback on this list. Uh, uh, Elijah and perhaps Moore. even good enough to be the first. If he, he is. has the, there's he a world where he yes. can be better than Joe Agreed. Burrow again. Agreed. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Elijah Moore has the sort of season that, that we think he can, uh, you, you spoke to this earlier. He, he finds his way onto this list. Uh, you know, um, I think David Njoku could solidify his spot as the first tight end on this list. I know that that's high praise, but he absolutely has the talent to be as good as Mark Andrews. Uh, Jed Wills could find his way onto this list with a, with a more consistent showing this year. 
Uh, so, you know, you could, you could get to eight, nine players pretty easily, but they need to play like it, you know, and then that's, what's been missing over the past few seasons is we talk all off season about how great the team looks on paper. And then they go out and they win, you know, eight games and seven games in consecutive years. It's fair. And I think that those names you listed as potential guys are are worth revisiting when the season is over. So we will yeah. try to revisit this podcast and, and say, you know, here's the 25 or so that we had as the preseason depth chart guys for the AFC North. How did that hold up? Who climbed in? Who left? That yep. sort of stuff. So we'll make sure to revisit this. So when we get back together with Andrew, maybe late this week or early next week, we'll do the defensive side and throw in special teams uh, as well to, to complete our Justin authentic Tucker. 50, just, just 53 I'll, I'll, for everything, just to, get, huh? to get Tucker on the team, I'll let him return. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get killed. Um, <laughs> not with the new rules. He'll just fair catch it. <laughs> uh, that's a wrap for today. So hopefully you enjoyed it. We, we went through a bunch of different names and there's probably some you disagree with because uh, it's natural to disagree with these lists and probably uh, want to slant some things towards the Browns. And I get that we're always a little cautious with uh, with that here, but we could be wrong too. So like I said, it'll be a fun thing to revisit at the end of the year. So for Andrew, for me, for the OBR film breakdown podcast, and obviously the OBR where you should, like I said earlier, continue to, to get out there and potentially take advantage of that 60% promo to get that Paramount plus on top of all the fantastic elements you unlock. Uh, from the website in terms of uh, you know membership, what you get and ability to communicate and have quality banter on the Cleveland Browns. It's well worth your time and it supports journalism. It supports our journalism, which is the heart of it, right? You know, getting out there and you know, that, that money goes directly into making our efforts better for you guys as a whole. So we appreciate any of that. Take advantage of it though. So uh, for today's show, that, that's a wrap. We will check back in with you tomorrow. Might have John Colosimo give us some time. So hopefully we can get that. And then, uh, like I said, we'll be circling back maybe on the weekend mailbag edition with Andrew later this week. So keep your eye out for that. Thanks for being here, guys. Have a fantastic Thursday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.